Welcome to Star Wars from the Mac, the Bacta tank, not the Macta tank. I don't know what Macta is. Uh, it's the uh, Mexican knockoff version of Bacta. <laughs> you buy it in Mexico, you may get a rash and your arm might fall off, but it's about 50% cheaper. And that might be good for those of us that don't have insurance, medical insurance that like to go over to Mexico. Yeah. Pick up some Macta. Hey, saves a buck. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, lose an arm, save a buck. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this. Today we're going to be talking about Star Wars Resistance, Season 2, Episode 3, the final season. And this episode's titled Live Fire, directed by veteran Star Wars Filoni compatriot Stuart Lee, and written by Maggard Scott. With some story consulting done by Stephen Melching, there's a lot of people involved in this episode. Oh yeah, because it it definitely felt like this easily could have been a throwaway episode, but they're trying to gear up because this is this is oh this is the final season of Resistance. There's nothing else after this, so they have to come out blasting on all cylinders with the with the end of the series. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you definitely feel that there's a lot of people involved in this season. Not to say that it's that's a bad thing. Sometimes when you have too many hands in the pot, you can tell that's really bad. But I feel like Ridge has really focused his story this yeah. year. And because we're getting such focused episodes with purpose, which is not what we had. And I don't want to you know, beat a dead horse, but as we know... The first half of season one, it just was not focused. It was all over the map. Yeah, the, and the, the the pacing of the narrative was just, you didn't know where they were going. There, there wasn't a narrative, Dave. A narrative yeah. is a story, uh, individual stories, the overall story. There was no myth arc. It was just, it was, it was a mess. It was. It, luckily, as we've said numerous times, they fixed it. But this season is even more so focused than the second half of the first season you feel that there is a concerted effort to drive home the point on developing these characters which you have to you have characters like the aces which were at the forefront of this episode you have the aces that were mentioned numerous times there they we've seen them fly a few times but for the most part they have amounted to stock characters and honestly, the whole premise of the series was originally sold. Was it? As 
to focus on no. these pilots. No. Was it? <laughs> Could have fooled me. Could have fooled us yeah. after first season. Yeah. But like when when Dave Filoni first came out with this idea, that that was what we all were thinking. Oh, it's going to be about the, the yeah. pilots. That's yep. fantastic. About the aces. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's not what we got. But now they are Still making that effort. It's very... Dave, please don't. <laughs> I will kill you. I will jump over this desk. <laughs> I will knock you out. And I'll pour Macto water all over you. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you can tell that there's a very obvious, there's a lot of, there's obvious effort being put into every character. You have Rucklin. You have Pyre. Yeah. You have Jaeger. You have the Aces. You have at the front of the aces, you have uh what's that guy that dumbass's name? Hype. Hype. Their focus, Dave, on telling these stories that are created and crafted to make sure we understand these characters and we're getting character development in a way that we have not received yet. When it comes to the 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 side players. Yeah. Do you realize that basically that first part of the, the the episode with when they're ta- when the aces are talking about you know hey we just felt we just kind of got defeated by the first order right and hype is the one that's basically telling them, hey picks up the team and says hey it's about adjusting it's about this it's the first time ever we've gotten so much kind of insight into the pilots and mm-hmm. into hype. And hype actually looks like a serious character at that point. Well, there's a few points where I groaned because, but I'm willing to give them a pass on it. Cause again, I'm okay with a little cheesiness as long as we have a story. I mean, I get it. It's a cartoon. Thing, it has to fit the narrative. And that's why it didn't bother me. Even though at first I'm like, Oh fuck. And a hype phase is going to bestow his stupidity on this episode. It's and it's just going <laughs> to fall apart. Fortunately, there was, a story underneath all that. Yeah. And I couldn't be more pleasantly surprised by the end of the episode that we were able to flesh out hype as a character. We still need to focus a little more on the other individuals in that group. But even if we don't get a whole lot more, as long as we're developing them within the cockpit of those ships and you don't as a team, which I think that's probably going to be their focus moving forward. Yeah. Focus on them as a team. I mean, look at Wedge Antilles in the original Star Wars. We never really got anything. No, No, we didn't get anything of him outside of his ship. And yet we knew enough to feel good every time we went to him. Oh, that's Wedge. We we know that he's backup, that he's the dude that's been there since New Hope. We didn't really need to know, to know more than that. And yes, with a TV series, it's very different. We do need to know a little bit more than you would possibly give someone like that and say a movie. And we are, in fact, getting it. Yeah. And I'm and, sure this is not the end either of that. And they don't have to give a lot. Do you know, like in that same scene when they actually when. The one pilot just makes the comment, yeah, I used to work for the Empire back in the day. That does the trick. That's all he has to say. And all of a sudden you make him much more dynamic and much more interesting than he was last season. Yeah. And we kind of knew that he had probably possibly some Imperial ties because of his chosen. But the fact that he comes out and says it. Right. And it goes to show you that there is that effort there. The bridge has taken you know, a step back and really looked at some of the issues they might have had 
And he's like, you know, guys, I don't know what happened here. I'm a genius. I worked with Filoni on Clone Wars. I did wonders on 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 Star Wars Rebels. I'm like, I'm going to fucking bring some of that magic to this show. And that's exactly what we got. Because you're I'm glad you pointed that out, Dave, because it doesn't take a whole lot when you're doing it. When you're dealing with background players, it doesn't take a whole lot to just flesh them out a little bit. And that's all we need spread out throughout the season is just little moments like that. And it makes the story and the characters feel that much more real rather than just the standard stock characters, which is what they were last season. Yes. So my hats off to the writers this week for being able to bring that out in just a matter of seconds and also crafting an excellent story that was able to kill numerous, not just two birds with one stone, numerous birds with one stone. You had the excellent way they um, formatted the episode, utilizing the parallel narrative, which I am all about it this season. I obviously this is going to be something we're going to be doing all year, and I'm okay with that. Going from Tam to the Colossus and Kaz. You have Tam at the forefront of the First Order. That's the focus. And yes. then with the Colossus, you have Kaz and his team, and they're going back and forth. And Dave, it's going to be a heartbreak. Yeah. Now that you can see what they're doing, now that you can see exactly what they're doing, they are working to make Tam and Kaz face off against each other by the end. By the end. And the- do you think that's going to happen, or do you think it'll be more of a mid season finale type thing? I or think do you think they're going to save it end. for the end? Save it for the end. Uh, the, I really honestly think that that is the driving narrative for the whole season. It them. Kaz better pull that trigger. I'm just saying, you man, he, he if could? they do it, if they do it, and Tam is so brainwashed and stubborn. And that's the thing that I love about her character is that she's not stupid. Yeah. She gets that these she understands the first order's moral compass is slightly skewed. She yes. gets it. She sees it, but she's so stubborn. She was stubborn last year. You saw it last year. Mm-hmm. She's so stubborn that she is, she's taking her feet and she is there for the long haul. She's planting herself because she, for her, she's made her decision. That's, that's the decision she's made and she's going to stay fast to it. Yeah, man. And what, what an awesome message when it comes to ideology and this is something we always talk about when it comes to tam but it goes to show you what upbringing can do to someone Uh, for example tam the reason why i feel like she's so stubbornly loyal to the first order is because of the commitment that her family had to the empire growing up yeah and the fact that she saw nothing but good coming from the empire and that the empire fed her family it's just it's an awesome story her her story is i mean i i I, I think her story might be a little better than Kaz's at this point. Oh, I, I honestly th- think it does because it's so dynamic. What they're trying to tell with Tam is like, Tam's still a good person. Flat out. She's still a good person. Good person that made a bad decision, but she exactly. She's just a good person that made a bad decision. And I'm hoping we lose some of that. I'm hoping as we go back and forth, Dave, how awesome would it be to see someone slowly lose their soul throughout the run of this season? So, for example, we saw this week that she tried to save douche Brooklyn, right? Yeah. She broke from the mission to go save a friend rather than everyone saying good job. Great got- teamwork, as we saw in the parallel narrative with Team Kaz and Yeager. It was the opposite. She got scolded and punished. 
And what if now what we see is someone who's slowly losing a piece of her because she's following these orders. And the next time we see her, someone's going to die because she's going to let it happen because they told her to stick to the mission. And if we see her slowly lose that and we slowly see someone who's very human and good. And by the end, we see someone who's a shell of who she used to be. That's excellent. And I'm hoping everything I see here, Dave, everything I see that they're working on, it leads me to think that's what we're going to get. And if this was any other TV show, I would say thumbs up. We're good to go. That's exactly what we're going to get. Yeah. And but because this is a cartoon, Dave, that's going to be on, my point. on Disney, not Disney XD, not Disney Plus, but on the actual Disney Channel. They do got to be a little careful with some of the content. Mm. Will they be willing to go the distance with this story? And that's the only reason why I think we might not go. They might not fully commit, Dave, to that idea. It might be a little too dark. It, and I'm hoping the Disney just says, you know what? This is your final season. This is Star Wars. And you guys are telling a good story. Do what you want. It might the thing that has me hoping that they go this route, you mentioned about like, what do you think the mid season finale would be? Is mm-hmm. I, her facing Kaz or they're going to save that to the very end. Yeah. I want I, I, what I want and what I feel is the face off with Kaz has to come at the very, very end end of season two. Depends Dave. I, I, I season though. I want her to actually make a decision that causes someone's death. Because just like what you said, that's so part, violent. That that's that's what this narrative has been all about: the deterioration of her Tam's yeah. resolve. Right. And I honestly feel the smart thing to do, especially if you like what you like what you said, they got to be really careful because they're on, they're they're on the Disney Channel. They got to be careful with this type of narrative. The easy thing to do, and I saw it in this episode, was Ruckland. That's why Ruckland's here. <laughs> yeah. Because I honestly feel mid-season finale, Ruckland's going to get killed. He's going to die. Yeah. And it's going to be the choice of Tam. And then everyone that sees this, suddenly their view on Tam suddenly changes. Yeah. And the way Pyre is really interested in Tam, I almost feel like he is the Sith Lord and she's the apprentice. That's what they're going. That's the that's what they're doing. That's the archetype right there. That was the interesting point that I, I was really confused with because I was always thinking that tyranny was going to be that. Tyranny was going to be the one that basically turns Tam. I think she's manipulating her, yes, yeah. but I think the leader in all of this is Pyre. He's I the was one. really surprised with that this episode, that Pyre took kind of center stage yeah i have a feeling that it's he's going to continue to see how much of an asset she is and he's going to slowly take her under his wing and at that point it'll be a the point of no return for tam i think she's she to me if this is any other if this is real life in my opinion i was talking to my brother about this because we're both impressed with what they're doing with this season if this was any other show or I'm sorry, if this was real life, she, in my opinion, she's already gone too far. As I said last episode, think about it, Dave, for a second. She willingly gave the coordinates to where the Colossus was at. The location, right? Yes. Okay. Okay, fine. Then, 
knowing that it's not just first order people. Let's say she's mad at Kaz and she believes in the Empire slash the First Order, right? Let's say she believes in it and she thinks Kaz is a traitor for joining the resistance. Eager, also fine. But there's also hundreds and hundreds of innocent people on the Colossus who have no yes. political affiliation. And she was willing to stand by while Pyre and Tyranny, the First Order, blow that ship up. And she did nothing. To me, if this was real life, she's done. In my opinion, she's done. She's an awful person. She's bad. Now, we're dealing with a show where we're dealing with a character that we all like. And we all love a good redemption story. And I do think they will, there will be that moment for her. But it can't come soon. And yes. it can't be all is forgiven. It has to be almost, I'm going to die getting my redemption. She can't come back. She can't join the Colossus at this point. No, not I, at this point. I feel like they need to fully commit. She can help them by the end. But she has to, there has to be a comeuppance. There has to be ramifications for her actions. Yeah, I, w I would be very disappointed if they actually just, by mid-season finale, and this is the one fear that I have, that mid, by mid-season, they just turn Tam. Well, they could do it. They could do it mid-season, Dave. It all depends. If you look at what they're doing, we're three episodes in, right? Yes. And a lot has happened already in terms of character development. More has happened in three episodes. <laughs> than we got in all of the first season yep. when it comes to development of story I'm or development of up. characters. Yeah. I was going to bring that up is the fact that in one episode, one of the biggest positives of this episode, we've gotten more character development on the action, on not just Kaz and Tam, but everybody. Everybody has their little moment where they basically, you get kind of like this quick insight. Okay, this is the type of character he yeah. is. Well, and my point is, Dave, is that if if we have gotten this much story in just three episodes, then I could see them bringing Tam's story to some type of conclusion mid season and, and doing everything we're talking about. And then making the second half of the season even more personal for Kaz by involving his father. And, and we all know he's first order. Let's just say yeah. I, we were going to agree on that, right? Oh I, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So, there's a lot there's a lot to work with here, Dave. That's the fucking great thing. If last season we're like, whoop, boop, 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 we don't know what's <laughs> going to happen because there's nothing planned out. There's nothing laid out. There's no there's no foundation. There's no breadcrumbs. Look at what we're doing right now, Dave. We're speculating because there's just so much they can do. And whether they do it or not, I mean, that's a win right there for me because they there's a story there that we can get in deep and try to figure out yes and that's so welcomed after the struggle bus that was the first half of last year yeah because like the whole point about this series not just the past season and not just this season but the whole series is resistance as a whole they have to make this one count well, yeah, it's the final season. It's the final. It's just not the final season, but it's the one thing that we have for the new era of Star Wars. And I'm also a huge fan of, of Justin Ridge, and I want him to I want people to know Justin Ridge, meaning I want them to look at this show and be like, oh, Justin Ridge. Holy shit. 
he's amazing. He's got because, some chops. Yeah, because I think people will always look at Star Wars Rebels as as Dave Filoni, even oh, when absolutely. even when Ridge took over. I mean, he's not going to get that credit. And Justin Ridge is a talent. I'm a huge fan of Justin Ridge. And I want this season to be good so people can say, that dude, he knows what he's doing. He knows how to write a show. And so far, so good. Let's talk about Giger and Kaz and the fact that, once again, when Kaz is in his element, all silliness is gone. Yeah, you notice that? And I love it. I think that's smart. I'm okay with him being an idiot on the Colossus because he's not in his element. Yes. But when he's in that cockpit yeah when he's in the fireball he's in control he doesn't doubt himself he's not an idiot and he gets the job done and i'm i'm really glad that they we needed to see that i was really happy with that especially since it's important to show the other characters that kaz is not an idiot he is an ace pilot he he's just a crappy spy but he is an ace pilot (laughs) And, and we saw tidbits of that in season one, but you know, everyone else treats Kaz like an idiot, treats him like a child. But we just weren't in the ship enough last year that we weren't able to see it. Yes. So to, to have them highlight that and and also bring importance to Yeager in a way that even last season he was just kind of lost in the mix, but now they're finding places for all of our characters. Every single one of our characters now have they have a job to do. They have something to do. They all have purpose. And to see Yeager and Kaz come front and center, and now suddenly we see what each of them are capable of doing. Yeager being a former leader of the Rebellion. Kaz being a a freaking pilot for a military pilot for the New Republic. And to put him above everyone else, that would make sense. To show that he's actually better than the Aces when it comes to military. Yes, I think that was smart. That was very smart. Because it it brings a level of importance back to our lead. We can't forget that Kaz is our lead, and we have to make him look better. We have to. And I like the fact that basically they just didn't they just didn't drop Kaz into it and everyone accepts it too. That it's not it wasn't a simple we're gonna drop Kaz here, that's his role. Mm-hmm. Dropping him into that role still affected everybody else, and I like the fact that one of the bonus, one of the one of the one of the things that really shined for me this episode was they didn't do what I expected Disney to do with their storytelling, which is like not take any risk, don't take any gambles, keep the simple, do it, do your narrative simple. Yeah. No, they dropped him in there, and you still had that tension of the aces going. How can we trust him? And and I'm like going, okay, I believe that now. But they still understand that Kaz is Kaz is their quote unquote ace leader. <laughs> what are you doing over there? You're knocking over the mic or what? No. Oh. Was that me that did that? I don't know. I heard it too. It was that was a weird noise. Maybe it was Kaz. It's all the screaming and the falling. <laughs> it was the screaming and the falling. Okay, so speaking of the screaming and the falling, you said that StarWars.com <laughs> yes. has a running tally of how many times Kaz has screamed screamed during the series okay bring that up because I am well I find this appalling (laughs) (laughs) this says a lot just how uh, resistance is treated and especially with Kaz but uh, on uh, StarWars.com they actually do a little video 
called Star Wars by the Numbers. Right. And it's basically how many times this happens, how many times this happens. Well, the recent one focused on Resistance. So I was really happy about that. Hey, Resistance is getting their shine for a change on yeah. StarWars.net. And, but instead, it's how many times has Kaz screamed and fell in Star Wars Resistance? Yeah, I don't know if I like that because they're <laughs> highlighting his, 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 his stupidity. stupidity. And they would never do that for Luke or Ezra. No, I know. Or, uh, and and the fact that they – but when you actually see it, this brings into line what was wrong. Bring, what brings was into wrong, focus. Brings it into focus. What yeah. was wrong with the first season was putting Kaz in these scenarios so many times ruined his character. 173 times, Mike, screaming. Yeah. that And that's like – that when, when I actually saw that, I'm like going – that's how you destroy a character. You know, like we 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 make the comparison to Cass to to Jar Jar Banks. <laughs> what made Jar Jar really irritating when you when you think about it is Mesa the back. over oversaturation. Yeah. The oversaturation of Mesa back. Oh. Yeah, oh, I, I don't want to be I, I don't the baby be, talk. Yeah. He's and, a big doo-doo this time. And I look at I look at this video. You think Filoni did that when he saw the first half of Resistance, and he went up to Justin Ridge? He saw he saw big doo doo this time. time. You saw seeing the big bosses. <laughs> you see big bosses. Okay, so what does the poll say? Poll actually says 173 times screaming. No, really? Yes. Oh man, uh, and 75 times falling, where he's falling. Wait, hold on. How many times? 75 times falling, 173 times screaming. What's the number of falls will it take for Kaz to just break his neck? <laughs> I'm not saying that's what I want. That's, and, and that's, that's what I mean is like they, they did it so many times to him. That's how you kill a character. Now. Yeah. Well, they, f- they've done okay. They, I mean, I think, as I said, as long as they, if we're getting a good story with the silliness, I can't complain. Yeah. But if you think about it, they've cut back on this, on, on that silliness. Oh, yeah. The first three episodes. Yeah. We haven't seen Kaz do something stupid. Yes. Yes. The first episode where he's like waving his hands and screaming and the running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Yeah, that's once. But it wasn't all the time. <laughs> what did hype call him? Uh, Catastrophe. Catastrophe. I like that. Yeah, because I, I did laugh a little bit. I'm like, oh, that's great. It's <laughs> great. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> Catastrophe. All right. So, but give me, um, yeah, give me your final thoughts, Dave. Final thoughts of this episode for episode three. I'm really happy where they're going. The narrative is actually we. They continue the trend. They didn't do something that I was expecting, which is sad because it makes me feel sick when I say that I'm expecting them to do this, but they don't. But that just shows like what bad writing from first the, the season one can do to you due to a fan base. So getting an episode like this is actually a bonus where you just go, okay, they're, they're, they're sticking to their narrative. They stuck to the narrative of the parallel between Tam and Kaz, which is what needs to drive the, drive the series forward. Uh, And this one, I was really surprised that they tried to make Kaz look competent in front of everybody. So I'm hoping that they don't, they don't do the cas catastrophes 
often like they used to because you got to build up him as that hero. And honestly, if you compare Tam to Kaz right now, I honestly think Tam is more competent on her side than Kaz is. And especially like what you brought up, the one note that I posed out was Pyre actually taking more focused attention on Tam is really interesting because that means that Tam is actually being posed to become a stronger character, you know, more of yeah. a badass. And especially when she saved Rucklin, uh, that's a badass maneuver. That's not something that you would expect, a, you know, a, a throwaway villain to do. That was a maneuver that you would expect out of a hero. So I really do. And I did enjoy this episode. If I give this great episode a grade, I would give it a solid 78. You know, it kept the, kept the ball rolling from the positivity from the first two episodes. You increased your narrative. You increased actually, wait a minute. I'm going to give it a higher one because you actually gave character depth to all your characters. And that's something that we haven't seen that they did throughout even season one. So I have to give this at least a couple more points in that. I'm going to give this one an 83. Okay. Because like the, the fact that we've gotten more input on the aces in this one episode than season one should speak volumes. Yeah. Okay. I am going to follow that up with uh, an 84. It was definitely a well-written episode. Take into account what it is, of course, being a, a Disney kids cartoon. They did a great job. They did a great job. Uh, in fact, it's probably some of those. I, I, I bet you it's some of the best writing on Disney Channel, period. It's great. I enjoyed it. I feel like Stuart Lee did a fantastic job directing the episode along with uh, Merigood. I want to say Merigood, Merigood Reed Scott. Um, I apologize if I mispronounce the writer's name, but he definitely or she definitely deserves a shout out. Uh, this episode was exceptionally done well and i am loving the back and forth the parallels the parallel narratives between tam slash the first order and kaz slash the resistance i love seeing that they're forming their own pocket resistance which is how resistance factions are formed it's fun it's funny and it's interesting uh one moment that i did not mention during our discussion dave was hype's droid I thought that was funny when he was pretending to pick up the helmet for the other ace pilot and then dropped it right when he was trying to grab it just to show that he's just as much of a dick as as hype as hype. (laughs) (laughs) So it was a fun episode and moments like that, like the helmet scene, it it makes you remember, keeps it keeps helps you keep it in mind that we are watching Star Wars because those little types of moments are things we have become accustomed to with our droids. Yes. And Bucket has been kind of silenced this year, and I'm hoping he gets a little more action as well. So, Dave, three shows a week via Patreon. We do here Mondays. And wait, what, what, what is our schedule right now? Because <laughs> during TV season, it's all over the place. So I think Tuesday, that's what it is. Tuesdays is resistance. Yes. Mondays is update shows. And then Every other Monday is update shows and every other Wednesday is legends shows. Legends shows. That's where the legend shows. Legends Wednesday. Falls. And we have been off schedule because of TV season has kicked us 
right in the ass and we're trying to recuperate. Uh, we will get back on track. And then, of course, the Patreon shows are Friday. So if you want three shows a week, check us out on our feed and on on and on Patreon, patreon.com slash Rain Man Digital Pledge, $4. How much is it over there? Give me a second because I don't even know our prices anymore. Is that a bad changed. thing? I think that's. Uh, I think there's a dollar tier now. Well, yeah, there is, but I'm talking about to, uh, for them to get more Star Wars. Uh, I believe it's five. David, you have no check. idea what you're talking about. I'm going to destroy your soul. <laughs> hey, I'm not the only one. I'm checking it. All right, so Star Wars only shows you get more back to tank, three dollars a month, and that gives you the four additional shows we do a month via Patreon. And that's officially called our Friday show. So head over to patreon.com slash Rayman digital. Leave us reviews as well. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google play. Thank you, David. Thank you. May the force be with us. Oh, yes. <laughs>